Going to throw here to Parker at the 20, at the 15, at the 10, at the 5. He is almost. He got a touchdown! He got a touchdown! He got a touchdown! He got a touchdown! He got it in! He got it in! He got it in! Oh, doctor! Well, howdy and welcome to a very spooky version of the Red S Podcast here on October 30th, one day before Halloween. We're very excited to be here. I'm Rob White, class of 14. That was awful. That was awful. <laughs> hey, it's Roy May fighting Texas Aggie, class of 15. Um, happy Eve of All Hallows Eve, something like that. All Hallows Eve, yes. Yeah. Or All yeah, Hallows you are, Eve. You guys, are watching on, you guys are watching on YouTube. The greatest, probably, video ever. There's a documentary coming out about Thriller on December 2nd that I cannot wait to watch. I think it's on Paramount. So um, if you haven't seen ads for it, I would highly recommend finding it and adding it to your queue to at least record. Um, it kind of talks about the entire institution that was Thriller. And and I thought the most interesting part, um, and it's in the trailer, so there's no spoiler alert. I haven't seen sure. it either. But he talked about how Michael really wanted to go out and tour Thriller. And somebody was like, hey, I've got a better idea. And pretty much thus, the video was made. Right. Um, so, uh, but yeah, I mean, that's, uh, uh, and we're going to do a little top five uh, horror movie rankings. We're going to debate a ranking. How about sure. that? Yeah, we're, um, we're debating a ranking. Um, but, uh, it, and before we get into that, though, let's get into, you know, the scariness that is our football team. Yes, absolutely. Um I did. I didn't get a chance much to watch. Uh, you know, as we talked about last week, it's it was kind of a tumultuous week in, in the White family, and it honestly continued even after the funeral. Um, before uh, mom ended up having to go into the hospital uh, for a surgery. Um, like literally amongst all of this crap. So, needless to say, it it's been a week. When so I did. Pours. You know, it, yeah. When it rains, it pours. Old classic. But you know, I didn't get a chance to watch much. Um, obviously, so I apologize if my analysis this week is pretty trash, but, uh, from oh, what I, I, I got your back on that homie. Well, I appreciate that because, um, from what I could catch, you know, I, I saw we were leading at the half 21, seven, I saw we were down and had given up like three or four sacks at that point in the game. I'm like, Oh my Lord, what is going on? It was, you know, we had talked about last week, the idea of, is Jimbo Fisher out the door at the end of the season if he lost out? And then the question started creeping into my head, like, if he loses this game the way he is losing it, the fan base is currently losing their minds. And I was wondering if they were going to be going for his head pretty darn quickly. But I, I, I well, and you're not the only one. And you didn't watch it, so I was watching it real time. And um, that that thought entered my head was, Man, if we drop this game, I wonder, like, first of all, obviously the Texag servers are going to melt down. Like, literally, Texag is going to have to go online, offline for about an hour while they fix their servers. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's you know, we've, we've gotten used to a little bit of a faster start this year, which is, has been nice to see. Um, but, you know, all of a sudden you're down 7 nothing to South Carolina. And, you know, this was a – you win this one or, it's like, you don't even worry about Ole Miss or LSU because if you can't beat South Carolina at home, coming off a bye, I might add. Not that Jimbo yeah. has a great record coming off the bye week and we don't necessarily see a whole lot of new wrinkles, if any, coming mm-hmm. off bye weeks. But, uh, <clears throat> but yeah, you know, that thought creeps in, uh, you know, in the first quarter. You're like, first quarter's over and you're losing to South Carolina at home. Yeah. Um, obviously, they you know, they rattle off a massive uh, second quarter, you know, dropping three touchdowns, going to the going to halftime with a two-touchdown lead. 
And so all of a sudden, you know, the ship has been righted, even though there's been some garbage here and there. Um, you know, the, the score is all that matters in the end of it. Um, so you're feeling okay about it. And then what we, we come out of the second half and we do exactly what we do every second half. We refuse to score a touchdown. Took us two more quarters to not score a touchdown. And I saw somewhere where it's now been a month since we've scored a touchdown in the second half. Auburn. Excuse yeah. Excuse me? Auburn was the last time we did that. That's insane. How's that even acceptable? And I get that, you know, there's there's going to be some goaltenders and there's going to be some people defending some stuff. And don't get me wrong, Max Wright caught that. That was a touchdown. Oh, no question. Um, yeah, it's it's not. That was a, just an awful call. Um, but uh, but the fact that that was but, the but it, only chance for one. Well, but but the cat. But look, the reality is it wasn't called a touchdown, so it doesn't count. So right. what a shoulda coulda never ever shows up in the box score. You know why? Because it doesn't matter. Exactly. Um, you know, it's like if you drop if you drop a pick, like you almost had a pick. That means you didn't have a pick, kind of thing. Um, yeah. uh, you know, oh, just a really good looking incomplete pass. Yeah, you know? it's a pass breakup, right? <laughs> yeah. uh, but I, you know, the the stats. Yeah, you know, if you just kind of look at the box score stats, I mean, you like the discrepancy in between, you know, our total yards and theirs. Um, you know, I'm I'm trying to. It's, it's not lipstick <laughs> on a pig because it's it's still a good win. Um, but three field goals in the second half just isn't going to cut it because if that's how you're going to operate for the rest of the season, which clearly it's been how we've been operating for a while, yeah. you better start putting up 35 in the first half. Mm-hmm. And then just holding on for dear life, like that seven-year-old riding the fir- his first roller coaster ever. Mm-hmm. You know, like the old Texas Cyclone getting in the back car. It used to come off the tracks a little bit, you know, yeah. at, at Astroworld. Um, mm-hmm. I just dropped an Astroworld reference. Let's go. R.I.P. Uh, but, you know, you won, right? So it just can't all be gloom and doom. You won 30-17. to 17, And it's not all gloom and doom. Um, we, we showed that we were capable of picking up short yardage fourth downs. We went four for four on fourth downs positives that's that's a massive positive it just shows that we'll just stop being stupid and just line up and go yeah um you know another negative that we don't really talk about a ton um but has has been there as of late and it's kind of um it's confusing to me to an extent is is the punting yeah that is certainly not something that we are used to um as as a&m fans having poor punting um, poor kicking in general. Yeah, poor kicking in general. I mean, even even field goals. Um, yeah, we we did pretty well this past week, but even so, you look at our stats from the kicking. It's like the, the foot part of football has not really been there for us lately, and it's definitely an yeah. odd situation. Well, and Randy Bond, don't get me wrong, like he's 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 a serviceable kicker, but like sure. the, the percentage that he's kicking at isn't great. Yeah, um, he went three for four, had a fifty-two yarder. I mean, that was nice. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, he's the leg. I don't think his leg's ever been in question, but uh, the punter is. I'm just like you're not even averaging 34 yards a punt, and the the entire concept behind the punting game is if you have to punt, switch the field, right? Mm-hmm. And and I know that sometimes if you just look in a box score, you know, if a guy was only, you know, he's got the averaging 34 yards a punt, but if if he's pinning you deep, that's way different, right? Right. You know, it's short field, but you know, we decide not to go for it, so we punt. But if he pins you, you know, inside, inside the 10, or he's you know, knocking inside the five, stuff like that. That's one thing, but that's not the case here. It's just they're poorly hit punts. And and again, it's it's not a leg issue. Um, it it feels like uh I mean punters, look, I get it, kickers are people too, right? Yeah, ha, ha, they are, ha. we love them. But 
punters don't generally punt as well when every time they go to punt, they have three dudes barreling down on them. Um, and this yeah. is all going to circle back to something that has just been a sticking point for every critic out there. And, and it doesn't matter. Um, you could be on the sunshine pumping side of a and football, which generally is where I find myself on the spectrum. You know, mm-hmm. I'm, I, I, I probably dialed it down a little bit, but I, you know, I'm still a bit of a sunshine pumper, mm-hmm. but may not having a special teams coach. I mean, a lot, so much of it. I, I just, I don't, I don't understand that concept because once you start having issues in the special teams, well, who's addressing it? Right. Like who's covering down and saying, okay, we've got to fix this coverage. Cause when you have a guy that's dedicated to only doing that, mm-hmm. t- things tend to be better unless he's just God awful at his job. But think about all the special teams coordinators across the land. We don't have one at all. Yeah. That's that, that truly is a, it blows Baff- my mind. It's baffling. it's baffling, especially with our program and knowing our long history when it comes to kickers. I mean, we have been known. I mean, you know, we, we use it as a joke, but it's not inaccurate. Punter you. A&M yep. has funneled out some of the best punters in the game. We've had some very good field goal kickers over the years. They've it's been not, a long time in the league. Yeah. 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 I mean, you don't, you can go down the list of guys right now who are in the league still kicking, doing their thing. And guys who over the last five, 10 years have made a consistent play in the league. It drives me nuts that we can't provide for our team, especially for our defense in those situations, some extra alleviation by being able to put the ball further down in the field. Now, I don't know if it's a case where it's just the style of the kick. Um, Obviously, you know, doing the Aussie style versus traditional is an argument that goes back and forth all the way. But, you know, for me, it's just get the ball down the field. Clearly, we know these guys can kick. Where's the disconnection? You see him. You see him in warmups. I mean, the guy can absolutely destroy the football. I don't really care about styles of kicking. You know, the the concept of punting is the same. Hang time, let your coverage get down there. The whole you know, don't outkick your coverage kind of thing. Right. Um, And so we know the talent gets. Sounds like other parts of the team that we're talking about. We know the talent's there, right? Mm -hmm. Uh Oh yeah. So, uh, and I know it's small, but. You know, special teams are the kind of thing that can win and lose you games. Yeah. Um, you know, and you've got a you've got two teams left on your schedule that if you give them short fields, I mean, I know our defense is good, but you can't continuously put your defense in a poor situation because no. even with the numbers that they're putting up, just basic math tells you that they're going to give up some points. And what if, you know, it's in a critical situation or it's at a critical time in the game where the score is really tight and mm-hmm. all of a sudden you give an old miss the ball at midfield. Like that seems incredibly bad. Yeah, it's not a situation that we want to find ourselves in, but distinct possibility that we may see that situation as uh, we're getting into that game next week. Yeah, um, yeah, going, you know, obviously going into Old Miss, and this is one of those, uh, you know, if you're going to have a season where people put the pitchforks and the torches away, um, you better win on the road at either Old Miss or LSU. And if you don't win at Old Miss, the likelihood of you winning in Baton Rouge becomes infinitesimal. Yeah. You know, and, you can't if you can't win in Oxford against a team that I it's like they're not as good as LSU. No, but you know, currently ranked eleventh. Um and, and with the one loss on their schedule at this point, going to their house, I will say we're playing this game at eleven o'clock. Yeah, the eleven o'clock kickoff is about the best news we could have regarding this game. Yeah, honestly. Um, yeah, when we play old miss in oxford at night weird things happen and sometimes that weird things are good for us but it's just a weird game um 
And so, you know, you look forward to this or you look as we look forward to this. I don't know if anyone's looking forward to this, <laughs> <laughs> but as we look forward to this game, you know, you start to. Uh, um, yeah, well, and, and I think because of where the season is, uh, people are approaching it from a gloom and doom perspective as opposed to just a little bit more of a straightforward analysis. But sure. you, I mean, every every time you look at a game, what do you get to look at? Strengths versus weaknesses, right? Mm-hmm. All right. Well, old Miss defense is not good pretty dog pretty dog from what i can tell here yeah jack jackson dart in that offense is what's winning them those games and that's fine because that's kind of the kiffin model like i'll just outscore you as long as i can hold you to like 40 or less i feel pretty good about my chances that's the old miss you know well and if you look at their last few games not including vanderbilt because i mean let's face it it's vanderbilt but if you're looking at auburn and arkansas you know two common opponents those are two games that they played that were rather tight, both at home and on the road against those guys. So it's been shown that, yeah, while they do have a good offensive pull, if they're running into any kind of issue on defense, that game gets very tight. And now you're going to have to ask our offense to do something that they have not done lately, which is stay up in a game, especially late. But the opportunities are there. We just have to take advantage of them. Well, and that's the biggest thing. I, I mean, we've got a buzzsaw of a defense. Mm-hmm. You know, Ole Miss is going to be run into it, but where our weaknesses are in defense is obviously where Ole Miss strengths are. Right. So it's going to be an interesting balance to see how Durkin sets up for this um, because I think we've shown in enough games that giving the quarterback all day to throw is not a recipe for success, and it doesn't matter the talent under center. And Jackson Dart's a good quarterback. Sure. Ole Miss, Ole Miss has never had a problem having good quarterbacks out there. No. Uh, I mean, Ole Miss is – Biggest issues that I can remember since we've been in the league outside of like that one season when they call themselves the land sharks has always been on the <laughs> defensive side of the ball. Right. Um, and we, you know, when they don't have a Jeremy Tunsil, they, you know, they might have a really good quarterback that's running for his life. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, they got, you know, they got a good running back. Uh, but again, you know, I'm just, I'm going to be interested to see how he sets up for this game because we've got to put enough pressure. And really what we've got to do is keep him in between the tackles. Um, yeah. it, we've got to put enough pressure on him to where, uh, you know, there's three, we, we can't let the, the wide receivers have six seconds to run around. No. Cause again, we've said it a million times and, and no matter how many times I say it, it will continue to be true. Once you start giving quarterbacks five and six and even seven seconds, there's no defensive backfield collectively. That's going to be able to cover them all and hold them down. No. So I think really like truly key to this game for me is our linebacker play, which that statement in and of itself should make you feel pretty good if you're an Aggie, right? Right. I mean, you consider our our front seven, and we do have a lot of talent there, and they've looked very good. Um, you know, even in losing efforts, you know, we've been solid on that sect of the game, and I've been very impressed with that. And you know, we've already talked about it before. We've talked about it again, I'm sure. You know, I'll give DJ Durkin and you know the guys a lot of credit there for making adjustments, especially after that struggle against Miami early, and they've looked a lot better. But of course, you know, you're going into a game where this is really kind of a very good test for all those guys, especially, yeah, I mean, especially in the secondary. Yeah, between Ole Miss and LSU, and not to skip over Mississippi State and, and Evelyn Christian, but our two road games left, right? And mm-hmm. two opportunities, road games that will be ranked. You're talking about some of the best scoring offenses in the nation. Yep. Um, now, and, you know, and, and you can sit there and say that, and then you can also go, yeah, but they haven't played a defense like ours. Well, and that's where this, I, this is where it's going to come down to. Right. Um, you know, because, because unfortunately it really does 
all fall on the defense because the defense the defense can't allow too many points knowing that the offense can't get in a track race with anybody mm-hmm. which is weird because if we put our offensive stars on an actual track we would beat most teams oh yeah <laughs> yeah like the speed like the dynamicism or the, or the dynamics players that we have it's um i don't think dynamicism is a word we're gonna go with it though uh hey, it works for the podcast it's dynamical um <laughs> but i it, you just have to know right? you know there's there, there's so much added pressure on them on top of the pressure that they're already going to face knowing the offense that they're going against right mm-hmm. these defensive players are going to watch tape they understand how good this offense is they understand how you know, the challenge that this is going to present them and then on top of that they're like yeah but we probably are, we probably need to be better than we're thinking because you know i don't know that we're going to score north of 30 yeah and unfortunately that's that's a crazy thought to think like if we can hold Ole Miss like in my brain if we can keep them within the 20s range you would think that we have a really good shot at winning this football game if we can keep them within like 21 24 points offensively I I would I would feel good about that but on almost any other year but for whatever reason offensively it's just weird for us it's (laughs) just a big huge struggle bus every week on the offense yeah um yeah, I mean, look, if you can hold Ole Miss to 20, 21 points, I mean, that's a pretty damn good day at the office. I would say uh, so. And I'm not putting it past our defense to hold them under 20. Yeah. I mean, that, it, that would be incredible. Likely? No. Possible? I mean, have you seen our defense play? Edge Cooper's playing at all-American level. Jordan yeah. York's not far behind. We know all the talent and the rotation and depth we have on the line. Yeah. So how do you use that to your best advantage while having to mask what is now kind of a banged-up secondary? You know, you know, Bryce Anderson, I thought, had a great game against South Carolina. I mean, sure. we know Bryce's talents. Um, we know DeBerry is talented, but I think he's more talented at nickel than he's in the corner slot. But it looks mm-hmm. like we're going to have to slot him into the corner because of – and granted, I don't know the extent of these injuries. And, you know, ha- we haven't had the Monday morning press conference, so these ha- haven't even been addressed really. Um, mm-hmm. Because post-game press conferences, coach, nobody gets diagnosed that quick unless it's like a season-ending inju- injury. And you right. know. Um. So, and even then, sometimes they don't know, uh, right. Connor. Um, but, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, from week to week to out till next year, uh, <laughs> that escalated quickly. Yeah. Um, boy. Yeah. Woof. woof. Um, but so, uh, you know, you're hoping that your corner, your corners need to have the game of their lives mm-hmm. straight up. Um, because they just, they haven't shown that they can be consistently, like, consistently good. Um, you know, what's the old saying? You need to have at least one lockdown corner. Yep. And we just kind of don't have one yet. Um, and I know that they've been plagued with injuries since camp. Um, so getting further dinged up, you know, in a South Carolina game before you go on the road to Oxford is not what I would call an ideal situation. Mm-hmm. Now, um, I'm not sure if you've seen this. Have you been keeping up with what Jim Turner has been up to? No, I do not have Jim Turner notifications on my phone. Uh, fair enough. So, so Jim Turner, you know, former O line coach, as well as just he's, he's been around the block, living in College Station. He's doing these breakdowns uh, of the offensive line uh, from game to game, and he's doing not just A and M ones, but he's breaking down other SEC teams, and it's becoming very fascinating because a lot of people are watching those and starting to ask the question like. Why is a Dario on yeah, staff when this guy is clearly far more 
in tune with what's going on in the game, at least in their head. I don't know that all for sure, of course. Yeah, well, what's the most dangerous thing you can do? And it's give someone who wants to argue a little bit of information. So they feel educated, even though they're not. Um, (laughs) But from, but again, you know, on the flip side of that, knowledge is power, right? Knowledge Um, is power. And I, and I think there are very few football fans, um, kind of in general, I would say the overall majority don't truly understand uh, the scheming and technique required to field an effective offensive line. So when dudes like Jim Turner, you know, can sit back and analyze this stuff. It's like when Cole Kublik does his stuff too. And, you know, these yeah. are voices, these are voices of experience. Um, mm-hmm. been in the like literally been in the trenches. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know those are great breakdowns, and you can learn a lot by watching them. I'll have to I'll have to check them out. Um, sure, I, I'll, I'll send one to you. Yeah, I mean that's that's frustrating because you're like, man, he's he's right right at the road, literally. And like, he's literally, literally here. <laughs> it's like outside of outside of game day, there's probably like a six dollar Uber if he doesn't want to drive. Like, right. um, yeah, it, and yeah, you know, you'd love to. You don't, I mean, obviously you don't want to react to social media yeah. You know, when you're a coach. Um, mm-hmm. And the fact that Jimbo doesn't have a Twitter, I think is actually nothing wrong with him not having a Twitter. No, um, probably smart on his part because at the end of the day, let's face yeah. it, having an open forum like that and allowing people to just message you on a whim, it's a, that's a dangerous deal, especially in sport. Yeah, ask how Dan Enos handled that situation, um, mm-hmm. yeah, interacting <laughs> with fans. Um yeah. Yeah, but at the same time, when you know you have a known commodity down the street, I mean, how many analysts can you hire? Like a million of them, right? Yeah, as many as you really want, honestly. And if he's already doing it for free, maybe he'd just come help out for the last couple of weeks. But then but then the problem is, I get it, you're sending a message to Adazio that you no longer have faith in him. Um, so, right. you know, you're... And, but but then, do you have faith in him? That's the question. <laughs> Yes, you're sending Adazio the truth. I mean, the message that you don't. Yeah. Um, he's, he's no normal man. He's not an innocent man. He's not an innocent man. <laughs> uh, you're doing it for three weeks. Every week, man. Every week. Uh, like, it, well, and, and so it's frustrating, though, because even if you know very little about offensive line play, yeah. uh, I think generally football fans understand that the offensive line's job is to block. Right. So when they're not blocking, chances are they're not doing their job right. Now, no. there's a lot of intricacies that go into reading defenses and blitzes and stunts, and I understand that. Sure. But the reality is, if you're not picking up any of them. Like, or or better yet, triple teaming one guy, which is something that did happen in the South Carolina game. I did see that clip, and I was like. Hey, but, hey, but that dude didn't get a sack, did he? No. Yeah. That's great. So worked out, but still, it's one of those situations where it's like, man, let's not put ourselves in that position if we can allow it. That is straight up like two or three steps shy of when Florida had dudes literally blocking each other. Like, we're not that far away. Oh, don't even. God, that was we're incredible. Like- yes, I remember that. It was They were playing like Georgia Southern or something too. Like, they were playing, they were playing their gimme game late in the season and proceeded to blow that game in amongst blocking your own guys. God, it was an absolute clown show. That was like peak bad Florida. It's one of the greatest clips I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. You know, um, it, it, it's not quite, I, mean, I don't know what's more bonehead that or throwing the shoe. Well, well, okay. So wait, <clears throat> <yeah>, but, <laughs> but, but Hey, never underestimate Florida, man. Right. Never ever underestimate Florida man. Have you do you know who your Florida man is? Have you met him? Like, have you seen that information? Do you know that game? 
Have you ever no. done this? Okay. No. So what you do. So no, uh, I have met some real weirdos from Florida. All right. So do yourselves a favor. Anybody listening on this podcast, for the love of God, go on to Google, search your birthday. Doesn't matter the actual year, just whatever your date of birth is. Type that in and Florida man. And whatever the top result is, that is your Florida man. For example, mine was running around in the Chick-fil-A parking lot naked chasing patrons. You know, and there's a lot of different variations on that, but there are some very, very good versions of your Florida man. Are you looking yours up? Yeah, no, I'm looking up something else. Keep talking. No, come on now. <laughs> so well, I just picked the, I just picked the first one on the newsfeed. Yeah, first one on the newsfeed. And if there's another good one, I'm willing to hear it though. Uh that one's actually borderline inappropriate. Uh-oh. Um, um well, there's one that steals alligator from a golf course and tried to teach it a lesson. <laughs> That's a direct quote. <laughs> oh, I'm going to teach that guy a lesson. He's not going to touch my ball ever again. So Here's one. Uh, Florida man accused of flooding the emergency room after attacking a nurse and then stripping. <laughs> Those are great. I feel like there's meth involved in that. I mean, I would be disappointed if it wasn't. Here was the first one. And obviously, you know, the police called him, so nothing came of it, thankfully. Sure. Um, Florida man asks Walmart employee for anything that would kill 200 people. Ooh, <laughs> that's a specific number. This that's is, up there. Oh, a Florida man tried hiding uh, some meth under a deputy patrol vehicle during a traffic stop. See, there's no, your no, meth. That's, hey, copper, that's your meth. That's your meth, not mine. Oh, here you go. Here's the best one that we can get okay. back on track. Florida right. man arrested trying to cross the Atlantic Ocean in a giant hamster wheel. Let's go. That was a good one. <laughs> so, yeah, if, if you haven't played your Florida man game, by all means, go look it up. It's it's phenomenal. Every day of the year, there is some Florida man doing something stupid. So just go check it out. It's fun. <clears throat> but, yeah. This is amazing. This is amazing. Sorry, I got I to gotta turn that off. Yeah, yeah, sorry. <laughs> yeah, it's incredible, isn't it? Like it's one of my favorite games to play with people. But yeah, right. yeah, that that's a good one. But hey, it is very much spooky season at this point. We have graduated into the final week of October. Uh today and tomorrow. Yeah, we're ready to rock and roll for it. I'm excited. Anybody that's on um on uh YouTube here, I don't know where my jersey ran off to. Did I drop it? I dropped it. Your bubbles run off with it. Not quite, but I do have it right here. Um, so fine folks of the YouTube world and everybody else, uh, we've got ourselves a jersey. It's Billy Bob from uh Varsity Blues. And if you haven't seen Varsity Blues, one shame on you, it's peak cinema. Yeah, not the TV show, the movie. Yeah, no, yeah, we're talking varsity blues. Go watch the movie, it's great. I mean, there's so many great quotable things in it. But, uh, yeah, I'm going as Billy Bob. And if you know Billy Bob, he has all the great lines, say for maybe Twitter. Yes. The, that, yeah, that is was, that? That was that was randomly on. Uh, that was randomly on television the other day, and I found myself just turning it on. I was like, Yeah, yeah forever. Yeah, we we watched it on the way up to Colorado a few weeks back, and the boys in the band were all just. Some of them knew it and loved it. And a lot of the other ones were like, this is stupid. And we're like, you shut your mouth. You don't know good cinema. Then it just kind of went on from there. But uh, you pulled up a top five list of yeah, best Halloween top five movies. List, and then I'm going to, I want to run through. So I, I want to, 
because it's spooky season, right? And right, and, and not everybody likes watching horror movies. Um, yeah. So this may not be um, your favorite. Sure. Uh, so, uh, but I'll count these down from five to one, and um, and this is like all timers too. So sure. Uh, uh, but the list I found was kind of weird, and I won't like call out the website or anything. But sure. I mean, yeah, when you're looking for top whatever lists of all time, there's eight thousand sites devoted to every single one. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but like, I thought it was weird because like it had the alien on there, like original alien. Right, and um, I mean that's that, really not a Halloween movie though. I wouldn't call it Halloween. It's a great horror suspense thriller. Yeah, like Twenty Eight Days Later was on there. Sure. Um, the Shining. Obviously, The Shining is a fantastic horror movie. So we're just oh, yeah. talking about horror movies. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I'm surprised that that The Shining was so low. They had it at eighth. Um, yeah. See, I've I've always loved The Shining. That's see, to me, of... Shining Shining's a top five just because it was such yeah. a. Um, it, it was like it really screwed with your brain a little bit. I mean, you you have to always take these movies in context as to when mm-hmm. they were released. Yeah. You know, Psycho. The original Psycho is cheesy to watch. But oh, think yeah. about when that came out and the people that watch it. My mom said she she had nightmares for a month, like couldn't sleep. Well, the idea of someone getting stabbed. I mean, obviously the shower scene, iconic. Yeah. In, in cinema. And yeah, is it overly complicated? No. But did it have a major cultural impact? You bet your ass. No, Nobody had ever put something like that on the screen before. Yeah, that was insane. Yeah, that's completely insane. Yeah. Uh, so some of these movies, like, I've never seen or never heard of. And that's the problem when you get some of these weird lists. Right. Um, I know that and it's not on this list because I think this is meant to be a little bit scarier than yours. But like, um, you know, Halloween Town. Everybody loves Nightmare Before Christmas. I, oh yeah, it's glad Tim Burton is fantastic. Um, yeah, but you know, when it comes to like the truly scary like Halloween movies, mm-hmm. um, Poltergeist has got to be on the list. Sure, um, because that is an absolute absolute classic. And I get it. It was it, it seems kind of lame now. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, it's an absolute classic. Like it's the original Poltergeist. This is when you start talking about, but well, but if you start getting into things like Halloween and the Friday the 13th series, mm-hmm. first of all, there are these huge, you know, cinematic series at this point, right? I think, right. I think, yeah. And Jason as well, right? Friday the 13th, Halloween, yeah, Friday the 13th. Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah. You know, those, those three have 38 episodes a piece that they're 38 movies a piece at this point is what it feels mm-hmm. like. Um, Good slasher and, and, flicks. And, and they're and they're cheesy slasher flicks. They are. Yeah. Um, I I feel like the first one in each series, even even though obviously cinematically and whatever, I think the first one will always hold water just because we'd never seen Michael Myers. We'd never seen Freddy Krueger, right? And we never seen Jason Voorhees. We yeah, hadn't yeah, seen that. never seen Voorhees. Um, you know, never, you know, I, my my wife knows where Crystal Lake is, you know, it's a station yeah. spot. Um, and nobody else on the planet knew where Crystal Lake was if you didn't live in Chicago, you know, kind of Illinois, Northern Illinois area. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, but you know, if you've ever seen the movie, you all know what it is now. Everybody knows Elm Street, you know, everybody yeah. knows Michael Myers Friday the 13th. So those are institutions of like the horror genre. Yeah. Um, that I think deserve, you know, they they deserve some respect, and that's okay, but as long as you understand that they are all also just kind of slasher movies, and mm-hmm. and it always felt like from about episode two to episode four, they were really just trying to figure out how to kill people in different ways. Right. Um, and, but they weren't creative enough to figure that out. So they're just kind of the same movie over and over and over again. Oh yeah, uh, for sure. Uh, it's, it's, and it's like, that's same thing with the saw movies, right? Oh yeah. And, and the saw it, movies. The ultimate slasher. 
Oh yeah. But it's but it's you know it's supposed to be a little of a, of a mind game, and the first one was, and the rest of them were just them just literally coming up with different ways to kill each other. It's like the thousand ways to die thing. Right. Exactly. Let's how many different how many different creative ways can we kill people and. You know, it, it's in that same vein I consider, and you know, maybe a slight off topic here, but look at, like, for example, video game franchise. I'm going to pull out Mortal Kombat, right? Mortal Kombat, when it first comes out, you know, yeah, it gets rated as, you know, a, you know, whatever, the mature rated video game, of course. But the level of the way it gets in the later games, it's like, how incredibly ridiculous can we get with these? deaths of these characters for a fatality yeah it just now, it, it it just it feeds into the need for blood and gore over plot right and, and it just becomes like that is the staple of the franchise it's no longer the story that you're trying to tell it's how creative can we get to killing people and so you just weird. well and like for me especially like when it came to horror movies i i have a hard time watching modern horror films because i get to a point where it's like okay like, what connection do I have with this person? He's just, you know, there's just body parts everywhere. And it's, you need plot. Yeah, I, I like a good plot in a story, you know, and I, I may be kind of old school for saying that, but it's just, I like a good plot in my movie. You get off my lawn. Yeah. Movies. yeah. Speaking of get off my lawn, God bless Clint Eastwood, man. <laughs> <laughs> what, what a great actor. Um. Oh my God, the crow! <laughs> oh, come off it, man! <laughs> Hell yeah! Oh, have you oh, have you heard of the, like? Okay, speaking of horror movies coming up, have you seen this like Winnie the Pooh one, Blood and Honey? Uh, it's it, it's a it's a Winnie uh, the Pooh horror movie. Oh, and that Five Nights at Freddy's, which basically looks yes. like every person that's ever been scared of Chuck E. Cheese animatronics should yeah. never watch that movie. Like it's literally their nightmare put into film. So it's based on a video game, and it's a very popular video game, especially amongst uh, Five Nights at Freddy's. Yes, yeah, it's a video game. <laughs> that, that's that's where the concept came from. Yeah, it's it's a big deal for a lot of like the internet community. They love that video game, and they love going into the lore and all like the backstories because there's a lot of really deep lore there that you go in through. Like, is there's like two or three of these games, or maybe even more now. But there's a lot of story there, which I appreciate about that particular franchise because it looks like they're going to approach it from a lot more of the actual storytelling side leaning into the PG-13 aspect versus full-on R, let's go bloody, gory, and act crazy. Yeah, there's yeah, there's there's got to be a point where literally, like, and, and I get it, man. And the whole, and like, that was the whole thing about the, like, the slasher kind of, mm -hmm. you know, um, scene or you know it, there were just people that just absolutely loved it um i got my hand up accidentally raised my hand there whoops um <laughs> you can lower my hand um but the ones that i always thought and, and i can deal with a little bit of the slasher and the blood and gore as long as like i'm engaged mentally you know right. um, that's what i think uh the initial saw was unique in in sure. the sense that it was it was meant to be so much of a of kind of a mind game um I think probably the my favorite slasher from growing up though, because I it, again it's another, you know, it's it's an institution at this point of scream, right? Oh yeah. Well scream's a classic. Wow. It's, it's a classic. that would be a scary movie. Uh, <laughs> like it's it's a classic slasher though. So and so scream and all of them kind of are in their own 
genre because they're slasher, but I like movies because like, they're also still engaging. Yeah. Um, and so the, the ones that really screw with me, and I, I don't know if I've talked about this before, but I've become increasingly claustrophobic as I get older. I don't know sure. why. Um, but uh, anything that deals with like spelunking. So if you're in a cave Ooh, and there's something yeah. scary, I like I'm having a hard time stomaching those movies. Mm-hmm. Like what lies beneath and descent. Um, yeah. But I, I, you know, I make myself watch those movies because I'm a moron. Um, <laughs> but uh, but another you know like another great series, obviously, is the Conjuring series. Sure. Like just absolutely fantastic movies. Um, all of them. The Baba Duke's another good one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, as you, I, I watch a lot of horror movies. We used to do, sure. yeah, yeah. We used to do a scary movie night every week. Um, <laughs> but then you have stuff that's more almost psychological stuff, like Get Out. Get Out was yeah. amazing, absolutely oh, get, amazing. Get Out um, is such a honestly, it's such a great allegory for the world around us in a lot of ways. Um, without getting political with it, it's definitely a very interesting uh, point of topic. Yeah, you know, re- regarding social kind of cues with people and families and whatnot. And that's something I thoroughly enjoyed about Get Out. Is and um, or it's just, it's so good. It's just yeah. so good. Um, yeah, that, that one's great. Uh, another like, and I like the ones that do make me jump a little bit because sure. like. I'm not super callous and I'm not super like flighty. So, mm-hmm. so it takes a little bit to get me to jump, but if it, if, like, if you give me to jump, like the tip of the cap to you, the sinister movies were another one that were really good. Mm-hmm. Um, sinisters were creepy as crap. Um, but I think like, we really got to talk about the best, like scary movies of all time. And, and again, I, I go back to the, I don't care if it scares you right now. Mm-hmm. I care about when it came out, what it did to people's brains. Like oh, it sure. was so scary. And so I've got five and these are kind of my five and I'm not going to order them, but I feel like these are really, truly the biggest, um, like really screwed with people kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and, and I'm going to start with this one and I only say it, I'm start with scream and I'm only going to say it because then all of a sudden everybody could buy those stupid masks. Yeah. And like, there was a little uneasy feeling about that, but I think mm. Scream is kind of interchangeable. Um, I, I honestly, I could, uh, oh, you know, another one was my favorite, Quiet mm. Place. Quiet um, Place, yeah, yeah. But you know, I'll I'll switch out Scream for Conjuring because, and, and I'm saying I'm going to say the entire Conjuring series just sure. because they are so psychologically like screwing with you mm. um, on top of being, you know, a little bit violent, which is you know what some people are looking for. So I, the, the entire Conjuring series, I'm all in on. Um, the original and the remake of Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Sure. Yeah, I'll give you that. Texas Chainsaw, it's you want to talk about a pure slasher. But the problem is it was realistic enough. Like this dude didn't come alive out of a lake. No. He didn't only kill you in your dreams. He didn't wear a hockey mask. Yeah, he's a serial uh, killer. He's just a serial killer that lives in Texas and has a chainsaw. And that yeah. in and of itself is frightening. Oh, yeah. Well, and, especially and, considering where it's set and located. Just yeah. down the road in Bastrop, you know, not far right. away. Well, and it was what it came out. It came out in 74. I mean, think yeah. about that movie coming out in 1974, man. Whew. Like you want to could be in, in 1974, we we're introducing you to the villain that is Leatherface. Why is yeah. he called Leatherface? And then you find out and you're like, ah, oh. come on. Yeah. Um, and so so I Texas Chainsaw has got to be in your top five. I'm sure. Um, it's a great I, and I, I said it earlier. I think Poltergeist is a top five. Again, the sequels weren't great. Mm-hmm. But it was one of the first true, like, supernatural 
world, but also met like this new world technology where everybody had a TV in their house. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, and it's good old real estate development building over a cemetery. Uh, oh. uh, and then the shining, I, I think, yeah. even though it's not set around Halloween again, a, shining is such a, and maybe my MO is I'm more of a psychological thriller kind of guy. I don't need all the blood and gore. I don't Me either. Um, you know, if there's a little bits in there, that's fine. But the shining, I thought it was, just, it's, it's, the movie was so well done based off the book and i can't in a million years fathom anyone playing other than jack nicholson i'm playing with no us play. danny all work and no play all yep. work and no play makes jack, jack no boy. boy yep um, what and then i think what a great I think, movie i think the all-timer um and i'm biased because i've actually run up these stairs before multiple times fair. is the exorcist fair enough yeah i'll give you that the exorcist, the exorcist is way up there. The Exorcist will continue to screw with people to this day. Yeah, and I and I think where some of this kind of goes is you know you look at the ex look at these movies and when they came out and really what they spawned, mm-hmm. and that's what makes them great, right? Yeah. So The Shining, although maybe not as violent, you start thinking about M Night Shyamalan making an entire living off of just screwing with your brain. Yeah. I mean, his movies are PG thirteen, man. These aren't slasher movies. No. But he tapped into that psychological side of scaring you, you know, as opposed to just like, mm-hmm. ooh, you know, he, I, like it was creepy the whole movie. And then you find out and you're like, really? But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you, the, the Shining was just psychological. It talked about, uh, you know, kind of the sociopathic side, right? I know it's, mm-hmm. t- I know we're getting like super deep and weird for this. <laughs> we sure. just talked about football a half hour ago. Um, and The Shining is almost a standalone, but then the exorcism, right? I mean, you had a couple of exorcism movies kick off of it. You had mm-hmm. all the the haunting of and the exorcism of Emily Rose and all these other yes. movies talked about, you know, how that tied into to, to making horror movies. And then Chainsaw Massacre just mm-hmm. brought out the slasher. Mm-hmm. Um, so those, those are probably my five. And I, I mean, if I had to go in order, I'd probably put them, I'd probably go Exorcism, Shining, Chainsaw Massacre, Poltergeist, uh, and then... Um, mm-hmm. Uh, the Conjuring series, the but it's the whole series. series because they do really well actually with the timeline of it. So oh, the sure. whole series of it, like the Annabelle stuff. Yeah. Well, and, and I'm I'm a big fan of a lot of the movies that were not a typical like if you want to call them horror movies, but thrillers, suspense. You know, I, I've always liked kind of thriller suspense area. Um, in particular, you mentioned it earlier, Alien. Always oh. been a big fan of Alien as a movie, and on the, it, on the gory side. But sure, but alien and aliens, plural. The first two, cool, phenomenal movies, and they should have stopped. And they should have stopped, or at least if you were going to continue the story, not immediately kill off all the cool people that you introduced in two. Like, come on now. Anyway, I will will say though that they did. um, They mean they're so influential. They they got a little scene in Spaceballs. Oh, so. very true. <laughs> very, oh, not again. Hello, my darling. But, That's a great yeah, scene. Um, so uh, this year we just, uh, man, dude, life happened. I'm, I'm, I told you earlier, I didn't know when we were going to be able to do this because I've got my counter guys coming. I've got my AC guy coming today. Um, mm. The weather sucks. Oh, uh, yeah. For all, of you guys, all, all y'all that like the cold, look, I don't fault you. I love the heat. What I cannot deal with is cold and wet. Cold, rainy crap, just garbage, blah, poo. Mm. Um, it's horrible, terrible, no good, very bad day. That's what this weather is. Um, yeah. But, uh, but yeah, so I knew I was going to get this done. So, um, but, uh, you know, we're plugging along. I guess I do all the indoor things, right? 
Yeah, I mean, there's plenty of stuff to get done this week. I mean, I've I've got a handful of things on my plate um, before we're heading out, but uh, I was just getting some things taken care of for a couple of bands, which has been good. Um, if you're on YouTube, I'm rocking the Shred Dirt beanie, the black beanie. There's a black and a white one. So if you like beanies, this is what they look like. And I think they turned out pretty decent. So we'd love for you to go check those out. I put... Put it on my story today, so be sure to go check it. Um, yeah, I, I feel guilty about my lack of Halloween decorations. Like, I love decorating the house for Halloween yeah. and for Christmas, right? Um, sure. But that's not going to change the fact that we'll be passing out candy if you're down in the Southwood Valley area. I am a full bar household, so you do full candy bars. It's the only way mm. to do it. Yep. Um, but now that this weather's kind of turned like this, if it doesn't dry out, I feel like I'm going to have a crap, line, a crap ton of candy to eat. Yeah, well... It is going to be chillier tomorrow, but at least on the plus side, it's going to be clearer. There should not be, we shouldn't be dealing with the rain tomorrow, which would be great. Um, I wasn't complaining about getting rain because we definitely needed it. No, but, no, I'm not complaining about the rain at all. I just, you know, rain generally dries away trick or treaters. All right. And well, fortunately for us, we should be clear about tomorrow. But my plan is, uh, Tap karaoke tonight because they are doing quote unquote scary okey, right? So we're gonna go out there and do the do the normal shtick. Okay, well, just all right, so real quick, Halloween songs. Thriller's obviously one. Thriller's number one. Uh Monster Mash. Monster uh, way Mash up is there. Be one. Flying um, purple people eaters, way up there. You put a spell on me. Put a spell on me. Oh very yeah. Hall- very Halloween-esque. Mm-hmm. We always do that. I always just do that. I have like the sound of 175 scary, you know, sound effects. Mm-hmm. I don't really just play that blasting out of my garage on Halloween night. Oh yeah. Put up a couple of tarps and some strobe lights. Oh yeah. You know but what? Yeah. I can probably put that together for tonight. That's indoor mm-hmm. decorating. I can do that. Oh, there you go. Oh, so some people, these are interesting. This is an interesting list for Halloween because they are just going down the list of, I guess, like creepy names for song. But like Abracadabra by Steve Miller Band. That's uh, super- the absolute opposite of a Halloween song. Right. Superstition by Stevie Wonder. That's not what I would qualify as that. One of my favorite songs of all time. Sure. Oh, I mean, okay. Okay. Here's one for you. You know, Werewolves of London. Um, <laughs> in quote. Um, oh, of course, the Ghostbusters theme, right? Okay, that's a classic. I can get yeah, that. Yeah, that's a classic. I, I hear the Ghostbusters theme, and my brain immediately goes into Halloween mode. I don't know. Uh, uh, yeah. Oh, crap. Uh, she Wolf by Shakira. Sure. She that gets, one's up there. It, it gets a vote because it's Shakira. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it, once again, not a Halloween song, but Zombie by the Cranberries. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. you know what? Honorable mention for movies Pet Cemetery. Pet Cemetery? Yeah. You notice how Stephen King is now showing up twice on the list. I mean, and for good reason. I mean, yeah, we, we can go back and forth on a lot of his stuff, but, you know, when it comes to Stephen King, I mean, good well, Lord, that dude like, knows how to write. I feel like they did a really great job, um, you know, always adapting it. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, Stephen King isn't the hardest read to begin no. with, but I, um, I thought they did a great job adapting it to really, you know, getting a good feel for what he was trying, the pictures he was trying to paint and, mm-hmm. um, you know, generally speaking, because, you know, when you turn a book into a movie, at some point they drop out like what seemed to be a pretty important part of the book when you were reading it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but all right. Well, we could sit here and talk about music all day. Oh, of course we could. But who's, who's your who's your scary artist of all time? Was it got to be Alice Cooper or are we, are we doing something like Megadeth? 
Uh, my my scariest artist of all time. Oh, it's got to be Marilyn Manson. That dude oh, is yeah. insane. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, Marilyn Manson. Yeah, I can't think of any others that are even moderately he, close to that. He War? would be. He would be number one. And if we're talking bands, Ghost is a solid number two. Which, if you don't know who Ghost is, they're weird. Well, and I feel like if we went through like the like super in, insane like Nordic heavy metal. Oh sure. <laughs> Yeah, those guys are pretty much all nuts. Oh, they're all nuts. But I would say uh, of artists, I would say, yeah, the creepiest one has to be Marilyn Manson. Yeah, as a person. But, but yeah. Alice Alice Cooper's great. But at the end of the okay. day, he does have some redeemable qualities. You know, he plays golf. He has fun. He's generally a pretty decent person. Doesn't seem like Marilyn Manson. I'm, I'm not. Well, yeah, no, yeah. actually, yeah, I said what I said. I'd say not Marilyn Manson by any means. You but know, I, I, the beautiful paintball, the beautiful paintball. Yeah, that's a great song. Fantastic, great. fantastic song when you're uh, deployed. By the way, um, yeah. Uh, I, honorable mention. There is a uh, there's a rockabilly band. They're called that, the Necromantics. The upright bass oh. player's bass looks like a coffin. I love that. And they're like the lead singer. Generally, I mean, they've changed band members throughout the years, but the, the lead singers, <laughs> he's got like the kind of pomp that just goes straight up like eight inches. Oh, I love that. Uh, they're pretty nuts, so but uh, their music has like a very Halloween kind of spooky, kind of creepy thing to it. I like, appreciate rockabilly, and you can deal with that name. Um, they're oh. they're they're worth it. Yeah, if you, if you like rockabilly and kind of so, well, probably closer to psychobilly. Psychobilly, I like yeah. that too. Yeah, yeah like, you it, check them out. Anytime you can fuse genres and make it make it work, I think it's a special deal. They're a yeah. ton of fun. Spook, spooky bluegrass, spooky grass, you know, spooky grass, spooky fun. grass, you know, that's fun. But yeah, if you guys are excited um, for Halloween, I'm pumped for Halloween. It's one of my favorite holidays. So I'm looking forward to going out and enjoying. I'm I'm, I'm down in the dumps because I didn't get all the decorations up, but nah. I don't, I don't like go out and do anything on Halloween. I stay home and pass out candy. It's my favorite thing. I love scaring the kids. So I've still got to change out the light bulb, you know, over the mm -hmm. front door, change it out to orange or red or green and go get make em. sure my CD player still ready to go and mm -hmm. get some tarps up and pull out my, I have a, I bought a scarecrow mask last year. That's, I gotta be honest. It's kind of unnecessarily bad looking. Like nah. it's, <laughs> it's a little rude considering I do get some. Yeah. So when it's lighter at dusk, I do try to not wear the mask. I just try to answer the door. I try not to scare the crap out of kids, <laughs> but I do have my bonfire axes. So a mm -hmm. lot of times I just come and dragging it on the ground to the, yeah. You yeah. And if everybody's around, I'll walk out in front. Cause I don't really like wear overalls and uh, like yeah. a, a thermal that I've doused in, you know, fake blood. Oh, and yeah. so I'll hang out in the front and then just like slowly walk down the sidewalk path, dragging my ax behind me. So it's got that nice ax blade on pavement sound. Oh, yeah. You know, the favorite just drag. Just just the little things. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's the best part about it. Yeah. But, let's have a little fun with it. But yeah, all y'all be safe for Halloween. I know it's a there are those are always a ton of parties and a ton of fun. If you're in a neighborhood for the love of crap, please watch out for <laughs> Or trick or treaters, like always, just like you should always be looking out for kids in neighborhoods. Anyways, that's a little oh, yeah. old man, my little old man rant. Um, have okay. a blast going out. Be safe, like always. I know that's kind of a party holiday is Halloween. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, I'll let Rob kind of take over and tell you where to find us. Yep. Be sure to catch us out there on X, on Twitter, on Instagram. We're on all of those pieces. It's Roy May 15 on X, Rob the Slapper on X. Be sure to go check out um, our new Instagram for 
uh, Red Ass Podcast. It's on there. Be sure to go check it out. We're going to be making more posts every. Do you have, do you have your band stuff linked to ours, or or your uh, your new band has its own standalone? Correct. It it has its own standalone. So if you have not followed along with Fat Cactus Band, it's on Instagram, but it's just Fat Band on Instagram. So give it go. Give them a look. The uh, logo, lot- it's, the logo itself is worth a peek. It is worth a peek if you didn't see it on uh, the previous stream. So be sure to go check it out. But um, yeah, be sure to follow us on all those socials. Um, we will be getting back at it uh, next week again. Uh, as far as this weekend, uh, band is going to be up in Lubbock. We are playing at the Garden. And if you don't know where the Garden is, it's literally right across from the Blue Light on Buddy Holly Avenue. It's outdoor venue. And the forecast, if it holds, looks awesome. So come hang out with us outside. If you're in Lubbock, if you're stuck in the panhandle, we would love for y'all to come party with us. It will be a ton of fun and should be a pretty pleasant day. Uh, you know what? I'm gonna drop a I'm gonna drop a little um a little plug right quick. Um so obviously, you know, I'm I'm with uh with Bach Realty Group. And every year we do uh, the Jingle Bell Market mm-hmm. and it's over at, uh, we do it at Pebble Creek every year. Um, and this year, the philanthropy that we've chosen is um, the bee market, the bee community. So they do, a, 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 you know, they obviously do a ton throughout the community, um, uh, but it's over and you can check my socials it should be on mine. Um, you can check it out on Facebook, uh, anywhere at Bach Realty Group. We've got it there. Um, <clears throat> but the idea is you come out, there's food, there's, there's drinks. Um, there's uh raffle items, a whole bunch of auction items, you know, obviously Gabe with Gabe on the team, you know, he gets a lot of stuff from athletics from around town, right. so like signed memorabilia, stuff like that. Um, uh, and then there's, there's a bunch of local vendors and, and that's kind of the fun part. And, uh, and it, and it's, um, um, and it's not like wait until, you know, we're not waiting until Christmas to do this. The idea is to do it early. Um, this year is November 12th. Um, from noon to four at Pebble Creek. It's free admission. Like you don't have to pay to get in. Um, but we'll have it looks like mimosas and some food that you can buy. Um, and then the silent auction and raffle, uh, you know, uh, for the bee community. And then the ton of vendors. I got a couple of really cool um, like Christmas gifts and some Christmas decoration items last year. I uh, got a new thing to put over my garage. Has almost like a Dr. Seuss Christmas feel to it. I love it. Um, nice. And then uh, you know, I was able to get myself uh well, some gifts for myself, and I, I shoot, I won one of the raffles, won myself a cool handmade knife. So, um, so yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, you know, if you can do it, I'll, I'll plug it probably again for the next two weeks. But November twelfth from noon to four, it's free at Pebble Creek uh, uh, Country Club, um, and there's a ton of local vendors, and it's, it's a great way to support the community and, and kind of get your Christmas shopping started early. Amen to that. That would be awesome. So be sure to check that out. And once again, Roy's going to have all that on his socials. Uh, so yep. be sure to go check him. Um, and uh, I will fill y'all in more on a sh- local show in College Station on the 10th of November next week. So I will fill y'all in as we get a little closer to that date. But Can you believe next week is already the 10th of November? What's I happened? can't believe it. Like, literally, it's Veterans Day almost. We're I mean, very I close. Get, I- I get that we just talked about Halloween, but I mean, sometimes I forget that now that Halloween's going to be over, like it's time to start buying my turkey. I'm about to say, here's the deal. Once literally you get to October and you're on rails, it's Halloween, then it's Veterans Day, then it's Thanksgiving, yep. then it's Christmas, the New Year's, and then all of a sudden, whew, all right, we're out of it. 
So. Yeah, once you're once you're done passing out candy, all of a sudden you're like, man, I need to start getting my taxes ready. Like it happens like that. straight up. <laughs> That's the way it goes. Seriously. All right, you guys, be good. Have a wonderful week. Beat the ever living hell out of Old Miss. Thank yeah. y'all. Stay spooky. Have a great rest of your day. <laughs> Gig them. <laughs> <laughs>